everyone, and welcome on into another episode of Betting the High Line, your go-to destination for all your picks, parlays, plays, and analysis around the beautiful game. I'm Tom Viola, and joining me, as always, my faithful co-host, coming at us from a hotel this time. Maybe that's going to improve our Wi-Fi connection just a little bit here. The good news is, Taylor, my voice already back, uh, feeling a little bit better. I'm still drinking some tea here, which... As Ted Lasso says, it's just dirty brown water. It, it is quite terrible, but it is good for it. It's good for the voice. So I've been doing that. Shout out to Ted Lasso season two out now. Taylor Wilson, how are you doing today? The biggest football tournament in the world. Yeah, NBC's about to sue the show. The Olympics are here. We love under 23 hybrid tournaments with random old veterans that you forgot about until 10 years ago uh, thrown in the mix. Uh, Olympics men's soccer, Olympic women's soccer. We're going to get to all of that. We have the Jekyll and Hyde of Thomas Viola's. Uh, does he have a voice? Doesn't he have a voice? This week we get the voice, which is fantastic. And uh, Gold Cup rolls on. The Everyone's favorite CONCACAF team, Qatar. Uh, continuing to be one of the darlings of the tournament. So lots to get to. And as you say, Ted Lasso is out today. So fantastic. Excited to watch episode episode one tonight, most likely. And then other than that, you said it. We have so much soccer to get to. Really looking forward to it. We got a great day. Can't wait to talk about CONCACAF Legends guitar. But let's start off, like you said, with some Olympic soccer action the U23 tournament, of course, like you said, it's a weird hybrid where you have a couple extra players th- thrown in. Of course, you got Richarlison playing for Brazil, which is interesting to see him around here, just a man amongst boys, quite literally, for some of these for, for some of these teams. But you have one particular play that you like, and that's in the Australia versus Spain matchup. Australia nine to one, Spain minus two eighty five. The draw plus three eighty. I'm going to take a wild guess and say you're making a spread play. That I am. Uh, just a quick shout out to the Olympics, both on the men's and women's side. Like you say, it's a crazy tournament. Uh, very weird in a lot of different ways. I mean, it's one of these things where like FIFA almost pretends like it doesn't happen. The Olympics pretend like FIFA doesn't exist. And it's like these two different worlds. You can't even use your main kits or your main like federation badges at this tournament. So it's almost like when you're playing like FIFA and, you know, you get the third tier teams, you don't have the actual kit. A lot of that going on in these Olympics, which is very exciting. As you mentioned, you'll get a random star that pops out there like Richarlison. And yes, I use the star word to describe Richarlison. Uh, and they got a little bit of revenge against, uh, against Germany, hammering them uh, in that opening game. But so far, the quality after one round of games on the men's side, not great, but we'll try to handicap something for you. And I did like this Australia Spain fixture. You're absolutely right, Tom. I'm looking at the spread department and I'm looking at Spain minus a goal and a half. You're going to be laying a little bit of juice depending on where you're getting your number, maybe somewhere in the 115, 120 range. But, you know, so there's two ways to look at the Spain team. One is why in the world are some of these players who, by the way, played at the Euros showing up at the Olympics as well. It's it's a little bit similar to like, you know, players in the Bucks and Sun series hopping right on the plane and heading to the basketball tournament. The difference there is theoretically the U.S. could toss out anyone, roll out the ball and have a decent chance at winning. Some of these teams, you know, you're going to actually have to try. And I don't really know what Spain is thinking with Pedri, who was the young player of the tournament at the Euros, sending him here, also sending Daniel Olmo, who was 
getting regular minutes at a pretty deep Spain Euro run as well. He's also involved. Now, having said that, those are huge names. Those are exciting young players. You throw in Real Madrid's Marco Asensio. You throw in Real Sociedad's uh, Oyar Zabal. And like half of Spain's starting 11 is actually recognizable, if not very good. Now, their opening game, extremely underwhelming. You saw some of those minutes clamoring up against Egypt in a nil-nil draw. I think they're considerably better than this Australia team, though. And we've seen some of these games already open up when the opponent is just that much better than the other side. So I think spreads are going to be something to look at the rest of this Olympic men's tournament. And uh, I think Spain's much better than the Aussies. So give me Spain minus a goal and a half. What price are you getting on that? I had it locked in at minus 120. Uh, it's not juice that I'm proud of laying, <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's reasonable enough for a spread that I like. All right. I, I like that gamble. Let's take a look in at the futures market too for this Olympic men's tournament because you have Brazil at the favorite at plus 190. All of our numbers here coming from DraftKings right now. We are not in any way sponsored by them. However, they do have just one of the widest available betting menus for soccer, which is why we normally defer to their lines here on the show. Spain plus 275. And then Mexico at nine to one. They they put people on notice. They were the best looking team through the first game. Could I convince you to take a nine to one on Mexico? That's the team I have circled. I mean, right, like that's the zone on the board that we like. We always talk about staying away from that top tier. You're not going to go Brazil or Spain. Just not enough value. Japan, I like this Japan team, but plus 450 isn't quite good enough. If you were getting that nine to one price for Japan, I'd like them just as much. But Mexico, I mean, they're a team, you know, they're bringing Ochoa. They're bringing like an actual roster to this tournament. And constantly, Mexico, one of the better young teams kind of youth movement teams in the world it's once they get to that senior side that things often fall apart and so that bodes well at a tournament that you know obviously is dominated by the under 23 field I think the value is there it makes a lot of sense we liked what we saw from them in the first game and it's the part of the board that I like to look at so yeah I mean I'd like it more than the teams behind them Germany 10 to 1 Argentina 16 to 1 I thought Germany looked awful uh, in their first game I want nothing to do with them It, it looks like if this team is a reflection of what the next generation of the German national team is going to be outside of the Olympic context, uh, things are really going to keep going south for, for Germany. But that's a different story. Um, France, 16 to 1, you know, not a lot of those really good young French players are on this team. And then after that, you're looking at teams that probably can't win the tournament. I mean, I, I honestly, I like this Ivory Coast team. I don't think they could win the tournament, but 50 to one is a little intriguing. I wish we could get more readily available last four odds and things like that. Um, if you can get them, I mean, obviously, like we say, we get our numbers from DraftKings for the sake of consistency here on the show. If you can get like a last four play, I would think about this Ivory Coast team. I liked what they did against Saudi Arabia in the opener. Franck Kessier, Eric Bailly, they have those solid players who have played with these youngsters before, and they have another kind of silver golden generation coming up. Uh, I just don't think they could win at all. So look for a play for them to maybe make a deep run. Beyond that, like all of the, I, I know the general public, especially since people want Olympic action, since there's not a whole lot else happening in the sports world, you know, other than the soccer world, which never stops. Uh, I think you're going to have members of the general public trying to bet this tournament. And I would just say right now, like, don't stay away from Brazil and Spain because the value isn't there. That goes without saying. But also don't get roped in to the big name recognition of Germany, Argentina and France, because those teams aren't very good. Well, there you have it right there. Some quality analysis. I, I, I am inclined to agree with you completely. Germany really going to be in a lot of trouble 
moving forward. I, but the the one thing to look at here is that traditionally a lot of these guys that end up in the U23 tournaments don't end up being that next generation of players. People are always coming out of the woodwork. There's always new guys being found that don't get through in these tournaments and don't progress up a ladder like that. So maybe not as important to look ahead, to, to use this as a projection of what the team's going to look like. I mean, the U.S. didn't even make this tournament, but that's because all of our U23 players play on the real team. Exactly. And they have, they have massive clubs in Europe that they have responsibilities with and all that. I, uh, I think often, at least in like the last generation or so, looking at the U17 teams and even some of those younger youth teams is a little bit of a better indicator. That because mm-hmm. Just because of the flow of how soccer happens, if a dude isn't a star by 2021, 20, 22, you know, this isn't baseball where you can be 20, a 28-year-old rookie and suddenly, you know, take the, the league by storm. Soccer, you kind of have a decent idea by the time you're in your late teens, what kind of player you're going to be. If not, maybe 20, 21 at the very latest. So I, those are often better indicators than, like you said, the U23. Unless you're Chris Wondolowski, just saying. There we go. <laughs> All always right, let's quick, move. Always a quick shout from you. Always a quick shout. Uh, let's move on to the women's game, though, because you have a couple games here that we want to get to. Chile versus Canada. Chile 13 to one Canada minus 450 in the draw 525. Um, let me guess spread play for you here. Spread play. Indeed. Another spread play where I'm laying juice. These are not the plays to take. If you're one of these people who loves to go in for a, you know, a dog or a big money line price, these are not the conservative plays you like, but I think they'll help you make some money. Canada one and a half goals laying minus 135 juice. Now, the disclaimer here, of course, is like Canada not that long ago was one of the best women's national teams in the world. That is not the case now. They've taken a bit of, or at least with this version, uh, they've taken a bit of a step back. You still are going to have some recognizable names in there. Thinking about Christine Sinclair as one of the biggest stars that women's soccer has seen in a generation. She's now 38 and she is heading this team. And by the way, a reminder, as we talked about the men's team being an under 23 tournament, this is more reflective of an actual uh, you know, full national team. In These some are the cases, real deal. You know, yeah, in some cases you'll have injuries. In some cases you'll have you know, different priorities for different players. But for the most part, these are the strongest versions of these teams. Canada in their opener, a 1-1 draw with a solid Japan team to start. More than anything here, this is not Canada love, even though I think they're solid. It's a fade Chile play. I think they're one of the weakest teams in this tournament. They lost 2-0 to Great Britain in the opener. Could have lost way worse than that. I think Canada will be a little bit underwhelmed from their starting draw. And, you know, I'm going to say a similar thing about the U.S. here in a second. Want to hammer the team here out in the second game. So uh, give me Canada a goal and a half. All right, Canada goal and a half here. But the big team, the big story, USA, New Zealand, the U.S., got demolished by Sweden 3-0 in their first game of the tournament, uh, snapped a, I believe, 40-plus game win streak for them. Do they wake up here? They are minus 2,500 to beat <laughs> New Zealand, 30-1 to on New Zealand money line here, and the draw at 17-1. to um, I, I know that you're going to be going with another spread play in this game, so I'm guessing that that answers my next question here of do you think this team bounces back? 
Hang on one second. I'm just on the phone with Bank of America. I need to move uh, twenty five hundred dollars uh, <laughs> over, and then no, actually, we'll do twenty five hundred units on this play. Just straight money line. Uh, yeah, I, you have to go spread in this game. I just look. First of all, let's just say the New Zealand thing. I get that out of the way. I mentioned this with Chile. New Zealand also one of the weaker teams in the tournament. The New Zealand women's team often better than their men's side. In this case, both teams are at the Olympics, which is very exciting. I don't think either one will do much. But yeah, that U.S. opener, I mean, Sweden just completely outclassed them, dominated that midfield. U.S. and Haran were getting run off the field somehow. And that's really rare. You don't see performances like this from the U.S. women's national team very often. And when you do, they often follow them up with a real drubbing and a lot of fire in the performance. That's what's going to happen here. If they fall flat in this, it ends up being, you know, the story of this tournament. One of the Olympic stories of this tournament, Tom, ends up being the failure of the U.S. women's national team, at least here in the United States. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think they should hammer New Zealand. So having said that, what's the number you want to take? Well, this is kind of like you know, pick a number out of a hat. I ended up landing on three and a half, <laughs> uh, getting a plus 115 price here. Uh, New Zealand, by the way, losers 2-1 in the Oceanic Derby against Australia in their opener. And they played okay in that game. But um, is three and a half just too crazy? Like, do I go more conservative? Do I just stay away from this game completely? That's a plus price. And the U.S. is often known. In fact, actually, I saw a U.S.-New Zealand game at a Bush Stadium baseball park in St. Louis maybe, uh, I don't know, close to a decade ago, the U.S. won 5-0. So I'm hoping for something similar here. Is that crazy? I mean, three and a half goals for an Olympic tournament where we've seen some weirdness so far. Is that too aggressive by me? Um, I, I, I don't like this play. I, I, <laughs> I think that I, I don't want to lay this many goals. Yes, I know it's the women's game, and they're known to put up seven, eight, nine burgers. But, well, this team especially. But they don't. They did not look good in that game, and I don't know. Like, I, I want to see them bounce back before I put that before I put that line down. Especially, especially when you're talking about just some of that ju- some of that juice that you're going to be laying. Like <laughs> the price on this isn't reflective of their last game. So the books are clearly saying we the the, the books are clearly saying we we think they're going to bounce back. The Sweden game was a blip. And this New Zealand team is going to get trounced. You're only getting plus one fifteen to essentially bet on this team to win by four goals. <laughs> no, I hate it. I, I mean, you're talking. I, I, can't, I hate this play too, but I'm, I I'm can't do in it. good I, conscience, dude. Yeah. I can't in good conscience recommend this play. It's fair. I but that's totally fair. Uh, I just want some action. I will say, I think they're doing the books are doing exactly what they want me to do here, uh, which is, or I'm doing exactly what they want me to do, which is like this. This is a U.S. public. Uh, consideration play to some extent, right? Like people are looking at the board, they're going, you know, they're in Vegas for the weekend and are in a, in a legal wagering state for the weekend and thinking, Hey, I'm going to, uh, you know, the U S is playing. I want some action. Uh, and then they're looking at whatever number they can get at a slight plus price. And then they're taking it, which is exactly what I'm doing here. I just think it's going to happen, Tom, at the end of the day, that's what I feel. I think, I think the U S is going to hammer them. So uh, you know, there are there are bad plays that there are good plays that end up in the trash can and there are bad plays that end up in the wallet. And I'm hoping this is the latter. I'll just put that out there right now. I, I wish you nothing but the best of luck on this play. I am not following it. I do think it has a good chance to cash. I just on principle cannot join you on this one. Smart. The smart wagering advice from Tom there. A little bit of emotion and have some fun from me on that side. 
Let's uh, let's talk about the futures market here because USA plus 120, obviously Sweden 350. And then from there, you got Netherlands 400, Great Britain 6 to 1, Brazil 9 to 1, Japan 12 to 1. Um, worth pointing out, this Sweden team did bounce the U.S. in the first round of the knockout stage in 2016 in this tournament. They already beat them once again here. Do you think this is this U.S. team going to be able to wake up? But they've been playing so many different trash sides. Have they just gone soft? I will just say this about the price. What do we have? And I'm looking this up as I ask the question. Do we know what the pre-flop, pre-tournament uh, future was for the U.S.? Because I feel like you are getting uh, a plus number that would not have been available before this performance. Correct. That now, is I know, correct. I, I, they, I know they, it's not they were a, a slight price, minus. Yeah. Okay. So slight minus to slight plus is not a huge swing. Um, and in general, we don't really advise like this early in the tournament, taking a plus plus one twenty future. And yet I, you know, I still think the raw, you, you just combine all the rosters, you look at them side by side. The U S is the most talented team in the tournament. I probably wouldn't fade him, but I wouldn't take him either. That's not an interesting take for a podcast, but just looking at the rest of the board, I mean, I like Canada 14 to one only because they have some of those veterans who have, especially at this tournament, really stepped up before. It's intriguing. I, you know, I didn't love what I saw from them in the first game. I would like to find out more from them here in the openers. Uh, which I don't think that price will change too much. So I, I'm circling that to maybe keep an eye on. Um, and then Sweden obviously looked very good, but I'd like to see more from them as well. Japan 12 to one, that might be the part of the board that's intriguing too as the hosts. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't love this board, Tom. Yeah. It, it's tough to bet something like this, especially like you said, we don't want to fade the U S but we don't really want to back them in this spot either. Um, it's just a prohibitive price. Even at the plus plus one twenty, you're, you're tying it. You're, you're you're tying up this money for not a great return on something where the, the, these teams are like. Di- this is not one of those guaranteed wins for the U.S. by any means. They didn't win it in 2016. They've had a long season too. I I just don't know. I don't know if I trust them to get the job completely done. We'll have to see. I still but, don't mind, by the way. I don't mind like liking the U.S. in a gambling sense this tournament. I would just mm-hmm. do it game by game. I would yeah. just look at the spread plays. You know, if plus one twenty is the future price, that means like if the U.S. makes the final, okay, maybe you get worse than that, but maybe you can get a solid spread play. Like there are different things you, that you can do round by round uh, that are going to give you more value and be more sensible than that. Yeah, I'm I'm completely in the same boat with you. Now let's move over, though, to the quarterfinals of the Gold Cup. Here we are, just three game, two games away from Vegas, three games away from a champion, and we've got some good matchups come. We've got some good matchups coming here. I'm very excited for this final. The U.S. better make it. Are you going, by the way? Yes, I have tickets. Oh, nice. Oh, you already have them. Nice. Yeah. So even if the U.S. isn't there, you'll be there rooting for someone. I might sell the Whoever tickets. If, if, if the U.S. and Mexico <laughs> don't make it, I might sell the tickets. What, what about uh, Qatar, uh, Qatar, Jamaica? You're there? Uh, can't, can't happen. Qatar's on our side of the bracket. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, well, 
good <laughs> excellent analysis from me there all right uh let's let's do this game by game though uh looking Indeed. at these four quarters um let's starting let's start. with Qatar El Salvador is that where you want to go that is where I want to go. Indeed. We got Qatar minus 130, Salvador four to one, and the draw at 255. Fun fact about El Salvador, before the tournament, they uh, they had a plan to launch new jerseys for, 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 the, for the Gold Cup. And U.S. Customs accidentally leaked their jersey uh, design because they intercepted the shipment on its way for the reveal and thought that they were counterfeit jerseys. And posted a, a photo of them on their Twitter account. A phenomenal job by U.S. Customs there. It, it's one of those great days on Twitter where, like, ge- the geopolitical corner of Twitter and the soccer corner of Twitter are all coming together. You have the blue check, like, beat reporters for the homelands for the Department of Homeland Security, like, tweeting out about Salvadorian national team kits. Fantastic day on Twitter. Indeed, it was. But will it be a fantastic day on the pitch? This Qatar team has really been the darling of the tournament. They are, of course, the Asian champions. They're a good squad that got a little bit slept on. I like them here, minus 130. I have a play that I I have a specific play in mind, but I'll get to that after we finish up all of the matches. Nothing says CONCACAF superstars like a team that's not from CONCACAF. The invitees, Qatar, are trying to warm up before they host the World Cup next fall in a special non-summer World Cup. And I think this team snuck up on a lot of people. I did say before the tournament, I was talking with member of the Book It Sports Network, Jeff Parles. He was like, hey, what's uh, what's the deal with, is Panama that bad? And I was like, well, no, Qatar is solid when we were looking at the numbers for that game before it that ended up finishing 3-3 by the way five goals in 18 minutes in the second half yeah. which you know hashtag CONCACAF right mm-hmm. uh since then Qatar is beating Grenada and Honduras I, I think you have to do a little bit of the argument about whether or not uh Honduras is better than El Salvador I think the Salvadorian team has actually been pretty impressive uh, ordinarily you know Five, 10, 15 years ago, you would have said Honduras was definitely better than El Salvador. I don't know if that's the case now. And you're looking at kind of Qatar's past matchup previewing this one. But I do think they're better than El Salvador. I think they're much better. And I'm with you on the minus 130. I have written in maybe with four Ys, Qatar minus 1.5 at a plus 205 price tag as well. Uh, just thinking about it for a team that can score goals, you know, we've seen Qatar really look impressive going forward. Akram Afif, one of my favorite players of the tournament, great throw. And, uh, the former VRL man, I think, you know, if he wants, he could probably get another big European move after this or medium European move, but maybe he likes playing in Qatar that basically this whole team is based in Qatar, by the way, which, uh, is, is fascinating. But, um, for a league that I'm assuming neither of us know anything about, uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big, uh, <laughs> I'm a big Qatari Super League. Uh, I don't even know if it's called a Super League. See, Tom, I was hoping you were gonna you're gonna pull out a, a the name of a Qatari club out of your back. I was trying to go. I, 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 I'm a I'm a big Al Garafa Sports Club fan here go. in the Qatar Stars League. By the way, of course, of course, of course. Uh, yes, aren't we all? Who whom amongst mm-hmm. us? Um, But all joking aside, Qatar has looked really fun, like exciting going forward. And I think they're better than El Salvador. So we're both aligned on minus 130. I have that locked in here as well. I don't know about the one and a half, but I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it because I don't, I think that plus 205 price tag next to it is inflated artificially. So I'd back that. Maybe not on a full unit play, but at least a half unit. You're, You're getting enough value there on them to win by two, which 
I think they will do. I don't see this being a one nil game. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to Mexico versus Honduras. Mexico minus 240, Honduras 750, draw plus 350. Um, again, I, I have I have a play that incorporates this Mexico team, but I want to get through all of the games first. This is one where you have to look in on the spread, though. Yeah, absolutely. I You have to look at the spread and you have to look at Mexico. Uh, Mexico will win this game, barring just complete disaster. They have a real roster in this tournament. We mentioned that they have some advantages in the Olympic tournament. They absolutely have some of those advantages in this tournament. You know, combination of, you know, young players like Efrain, your boy, Funes Mori, Corona, Herrera. Let like me tell real you, players. you, you, yeah. you want to know how confused I was at Funes Mori being on this team? <laughs> especially because his name is R Funes. Like he's got the initials too. I was like, hang on a second. This guy played for Everton. He is Argentinian. <laughs> he is played. And then I'm like, Oh, it's a different, it's a different food is Mori. Okay. Yeah. It's the, um, it's, it's the Jack Smith of the Americas. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, many, many versions. Um, but this version playing quite well, I don't know what number. I mean, you, you said you had something in the back of your mind, Dom, for this. I, mm-hmm. I just, you know, I've been pretty underwhelmed with Honduras. As I said last week, there are names that you recognize, especially if you follow like English footy, like Minor Figueroa and Jerry Bankston. But all these dudes are in their late 30s. Anyone of real import for Honduras, I think Mexico is much better. We know that Mexico can disappoint in some spots in the knockouts and major tournaments where that often doesn't happen is the gold cup. They usually mm-hmm. step up right around this time and they find ways to get it done. This is not the world cup where they go out in the round of 16 every single time. And so I think you have to have a little bit of faith in them, particularly this lineup that they've been trotting out there. I have minus one at minus one thirty circle, but I just don't like either of those numbers. It's a push protection play laying minus one thirty. It's like two of the least favorite things that I like to do. So if you yeah. can talk me into a better number or a better play, I'd, I'd love to hear it. No, that's really where I'd go. That's that, that that's the play that I like in this particular circumstance. Um, if I was if I was playing this game straight up, that's how I'd do it. I just like what are we? So it's 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 okay not to touch this game. No, and I probably won't to yeah. be honest. But I it's 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 a classic like philosophical like why am I betting the minus one? Mm-hmm. Because I think you bet the minus one when you think the team's going to win by two, but you like you really it's 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 a scenario with a real likely backdoor or something dumb could happen. Which, by the way, this is Concacaf, so therefore those kinds of protections, maybe think about them, right? Like we know that weird stuff happens in this confederation, in this tournament especially. Uh, I just don't like the minus one thirty. If this was even, my my brain just tells me a little bit more. Like, oh, you can take this. This makes more sense. Even though I think Mexico covers this, they should probably win by two. Yeah, they um, should. I think we're we're probably overthinking this, and they're just going to cruise. But yeah. still, hindsight will be twenty twenty on this one, and we'll check back in next week and see how it went. Yeah, as Ken right. Newton says, hindsight hindsight is fifty fifty. So maybe. yes, hindsight is fifty fifty. The great philosopher yeah. Cam Newton. Costa Rica, Canada, the most even game of this quarterfinal stage. Costa Rica plus 170, Canada plus 190, and the draw at $2.05. Costa Rica here, they're, they played well in Group C. They 
got their three wins, but they were a 1-0 win over Jamaica, a 2-1 win over Suriname, and a 3-1 win over Guadeloupe. It's a problem with the Gold Cup uh, group stage, right? We're not learning yeah. much from if you're looking at those games. I will say just looking at the roster for Costa Rica, this isn't exactly the team that was impressing in the World Cup knockouts in 2014. I, you know, it's not quite the same team. That was an era where we kind of considered them right in tier one of CONCACAF, right? Like it was U.S., mm-hmm. Mexico, and Costa Rica all on that tier one plane, and then you drop off. I think it's safe to say that Costa Rica now is back into tier two. There's a little bit of space between them and the real big boys in CONCACAF. That's reflected in the, in the prices on the futures board as well. Canada, meanwhile, it's this constant push and pull, not dissimilar to Canadian men's basketball of like, oh, it's about to be a golden generation. They're about to turn the corner and never quite happens. In this case, of course, they don't have Alfonso Davies for the tournament, which is bad luck for them. I think how much you like Costa Rica depends on a a lot of how much you like some of their domestic-based players, which it's the same deal when you're handicapping Qatar before this tournament. We knew that Qatar was great at the Asian Cup in 2019, and we didn't know much beyond that because so many of these guys play in Qatar, which other than Tom Viola, most of us don't know much about that league. I don't know a ton about the Costa Rican league either. You know, Saprissa is a big club and they have a lot of guys there. They still have dudes like Joel Campbell, who, of course, we know Celso Borges is in La Liga with La Coruña. But it's just there's just not enough guys here for me to be overly in love with Costa Rica. Meanwhile, Canada, you can make the same argument. You could always make that argument with Canada. But I've been kind of impressed with them. We saw them against the U.S. There were some things that I liked in that game from Canada. Uh, you know, outpossessed the United States, outshot them. I, and I just think the price is good enough to try something here. So I'm, I'm thinking about Canada plus 190. This is something of a coin flip. Uh, and I like the Canadian value. So give me Canada. I'm with you on that side. Now let's move over to the USA Jamaica game where the U.S. is minus 180, Jamaica 5-1 to one in the draw plus 320. I, I, I'll tell you. I'm worried about this U.S. team right here. We very clearly did not bring our best lineup. Uh, Daryl DK's shoulders hurt. We're going to see how bad that ends up being for him. We brought in a couple more players because of some injuries here. I mean, losing Zimmerman is going to be big in the back line. That's going to be very bad. But we brought in Kessler to replace him. And then we brought Cade Cowell, my boy from the Earthquakes, up to try and bolster that goal-scoring front because this team has been shaky at best. Yes, you had the 6-1 win over Martinique, which, congratulations. But they fell flat against Haiti in the first game, only winning 1-0. And like you said, that Canadian team really played a better game against the U.S. They just didn't win. If So let's say we have a March 2020 situation right now. There's like a new coronavirus or something. The world shuts down. This tournament stops playing and never finishes. How do we look at the U.S. through these three games? Like, is it a success or is it a failure or is it not that binary? Because part of this, of course, the the biggest caveat to all this is, well, who's the roster that they have out there, right? Like, if the U.S. can win the Gold Cup with their C+, B-? Yeah, that's right. I don't know what grade. I'd grade it around there. If they could win the Gold Cup with that roster, it's a huge accomplishment. If they don't and they come flat, how do we assess this? Because I'm not entirely sure. I I look at this more as an indictment of Berhalter's tactics 
than of the roster selection and the team that we put out. Because the reality is our, our, we played the Nations League. That was the CONCACAF Nations League was our thing where we said, we're going to go out, we're going to bring our best team. They're going to play together and we're going to try to win this thing. They did that. Then they said, okay, we're going to give all of those guys a rest because they, they've got to get ready for World Cup qualifying, which is vastly more important than even this. And they've got a, and, and they've got a long Premier League season or wherever they're playing season ahead. So we're not going to bring them for this tournament. Mexico did the opposite. And they've already had some injuries. Of course, Chucky Lozano going to be out now for the tournament. The U.S. has had their own share of injuries, but it's much, much less brutal compared to what Mexico is going through. Because, again, we still have the, the octagon, the ocho to get through. And that makes, me, that makes me very okay with not winning this tournament. I very much want us to make the final because I want to go see that game. But overall, the big picture to me is how does Burhalter approach the game tactically with not his best side? Because they are not going to have the superiority in a lot of games in the World Cup. They're going to need better tactics. And I don't know that Burhalter is the guy to bring it. Yes, he's done a great job recruiting players, but this concerns me. Well, and, that's and that's what I want to see out of this tournament here. That's a huge thing too, Tom, considering what the recent manager history of the U.S. has been. Yes. Because if you think back to the Klinsman era, the whole push and pull of that debate was, oh, well, he got out of the group of death or, oh, well, look at how good of a cruder he is, right? Like he mm -hmm. was bringing in a lot of good international players from around the world. Burhalter has taken that to another level. Yeah. And, and I still think you're seeing crumbs of that same conversation about Klinsman of like recruiting versus tactics and actually managing the team. Those questions, of course, are going to be answered a lot more firmly in the World Cup qualifiers, which are only a couple months away. So yeah. we're going to have a lot of fun getting into those. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's totally sensible what the U.S. have done with this roster. I think most of the decisions actually make a lot of sense. A couple of the European guys like Hoppy and, and uh, G uh, Giacomini, Mm -hmm. pronounce his name I'm not Joe Akini yeah there you go um and you know obviously bringing DK back into the fold and he's been awesome getting a guy like Miles Robinson and some of the MLS guys have looked good it's just you know you haven't seen a single one of these three performances be overly impressive uh from the U.S. so far so now having said that on the other side just looking at this game specifically Jamaica, not dissimilar to Mexico, not dissimilar to a few of the teams of this tournament, they have thrown their absolute best guys. Uh, this is really close to the A version of the Jamaican men's national team. You have Andre Blake in goal. You have uh, Leon Bailey and Andre Gray and Michael Hector Leon. and Adrian Mariapa. These are players, if you follow the Premier League, like you know a lot of the names on this Jamaican team. Or at least Leon Bailey's on the bench, though. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Well, we'll see what happens in this game. I think yeah. so. Ba but this is ha this has been the Bailey thing for. I mean, this is the Bailey thing in Germany also. It's like very Jekyll and Hyde with them. You get mm -hmm. you get a couple of different versions. So we'll see what happens there. But even like, especially some of the defenders. If you watch random Premier League games on a Tuesday night, the classic Stoke joke insert here you know a few of these jamaican dudes so i'm just throwing that out there like these are not complete randos that play in the second division in jamaica like these are the real deal as far as club experience they're going to be this is their super bowl right this is everything they're going to be going out and really trying to win this game now having said that the u.s has to win it like yeah. i still think i going back to our like success or failure conversation 
I think even this version of the U.S. and this is where the Burhalter thing, like it's a lot of pressure on him specifically. This version of the U.S. has to pull out a win. They've got to uh, make the they've got to make the final of this tournament. Yeah, I fully agree. I fully agree. If they make the final and they get drubbed by this version of Mexico, so be it. You know, yeah. we'll always have the Nations League, right? Like, yeah. it, it is what it is. You can kind of forget about it. Um, but when our real guys played their real guys, we came out on top. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and we know what will happen to Mexico in the World Cup. It'll be they'll make it to the round of 16 and that's it. So maybe the U.S. Same deal. We'll find out. Uh, having said all that, I don't know what number I like here because I don't love a game. I don't love betting a game where I'm like, oh, they have to win. They have to find a way to win. Right. If that's mm-hmm. what you're saying about a game, you need to be thinking about a money line play or a two advanced play. Yeah. Uh, not a spread play. And yet a spread play is what I have circled here as I'm talking it through at U.S. minus one plus 105. Uh, what do you like here? What are you what are you thinking? So the way I'm approaching this, I kind of like Qatar, Mexico, U.S. all money line oh, together. I had a three feeling leg we had something you were saying. OK, three leg parlay plus 289 at DraftKings. I'm going to explore some other lines, see where I can get maybe a little bit better of a number. I don't like this USA line in particular. Minus 180 feels a little steep based on what we've seen from them in this tournament. But I do think that they win that game. And I'm going to, I'm going to take that three leg parlay because I don't necessarily know who's coming out of Canada, Costa Rica, but short of a lot of CONCACAF shenanigans, I don't see Qatar losing to El Salvador. I don't see Mexico losing to Honduras. And then it's giving me a little more value on that USA Jamaica game, which rounds it all off. Is it possible the U.S. scares you the most of those three? Yes, very possible. Okay. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that might be the that, that that might be how I'm feeling in this game for sure. Because I love two parts. I, like I, I agree with you. I don't think Qatar loses Del Salvador, and like Mexico might have parts of that game where you're like, what is going on? What are they doing? But they're going to find a way to win it. The U.S. just based on what we've seen, like especially parts of that Canada game and the Haiti game. Uh, I don't know, but I, I do think like, that's how to get value. You said you're getting close to three to one or around three to one. Yeah. All right. I, I don't think I'm going to back you on that. This might just be a full stay away. Inevitably. I know how I am with the U S men's national team. It's going to be game day and I'm going to want some kind of action and I'm going to take a price that's already been chopped and screwed to bits. Like I do on an NFL Sunday, 30 minutes before kickoff, getting the worst number possible. Uh, and that's going to be what happens with me in us Jamaica. Cause that money line is going to keep moving the wrong direction, by the way, I, I would imagine. I, I, I would imagine. I, I would imagine the same thing. Like this, this isn't really one of those games where I want to wait and see the lineups is really this this tournament like you know who's going to be in that lineup i don't maybe i'll do maybe i'll follow you i'll mm-hmm. follow i'll follow you for content i i just uh yeah i do think the u.s is the part that ends up yeah being a little bit scary there we'll if they don't win this game i'm going to be so upset like yeah. i i have a lot riding personally on us making <laughs> it to, those tickets were not cheap my friend we have good seats well, the problem is you mentioned maybe selling them if the U.S. isn't there. I don't know if you're coming out in the green on that sale at that point. That's part of the issue. I need, I need Mexico yeah. in it. That's <laughs> yeah, for sure. For if sure. It's Qatar oh, versus, oh, no. <laughs> if it's Qatar versus Costa Rica, I, I am not coming out in the green on that no. sale. It's a good point. Anything with Mexico, you could come out in the green on. No no pun intended there. But, yeah. yeah. But if Mexico's in it, I might go to the game anyway because that'll be a good atmosphere. True. But I really want to see U.S. versus Mexico. 
Is it? Is it's at the uh, the Raiders Stadium? Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's gonna be sick. Right, I was actually at the US final. Mexico. We want it, right? Come on. I was actually at the Gold Cup final last time around. Um, hit uh, when it was USA Jamaica, and that crowd was like fifty percent Mexican because <laughs> they they had all bought their tickets assuming they were gonna beat Jamaica. Of course. Of course. Well, it'll be the same deal if one of those teams doesn't make. Well, especially all three doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, really quick, future wise, is Qatar twelve to one worth it? I know this would oh, ruin yeah. everything we're oh, talking yeah. about. You don't want this, of course. I don't want this either. But I, I, I don't want this. But uh, th- this price makes sense. Like Qatar twelve to one. Price. You're live. Yeah. You're live in that game because th- this team has a chance to go out and win it. I'm not saying they're gonna, but that's worth throwing ten bucks on. Make 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 a nice hundred. If they happen to do it, and if not, you lost ten bucks. Big, big whoop. If you want a future, that's where you go. There's yes. not another future I can recommend. Yeah, USA one fifty. That's a wrong price. Mexico plus one forty. That one I actually don't hate because you're really only three games away, and you're not going to get a plus price on Mexico through the remainder of this tournament. That's not happening. Cap it right now for me, Tom. Final Mexico US. Mexico is what mine minus one seventy five. Minus one forty-five. Okay. Eh, in that range, I, I I like that range. Yeah, it's in that one forty-five to one seventy-five. They don't slip into two to one or one to two, and they're certainly not going to be a minus one thirty favorite. They're gonna they, they'll be they'll be decently enough. So there's some public considerations to think about there, but like I always, I'm always like, oh, well, the U.S. side, and then I'm, I forget that the Mexican national team is more popular in the U.S. than the U.S. men's national team. So yeah, that I is also I true. I don't know, you know, when you're thinking about the public part of that, I don't know where to go. Yeah, uh, the the way I'd bet the U.S. if you want to bet on the U.S. to win the whole thing, just wait and get a money line in the final. Yeah, like yeah. you're you're gonna get a better price on that than you are that uh, than you are right now in the future. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I got for gold cup. You wanted to throw some MLS in there. Yes, I did want to throw a little bit of MLS in there because there are a couple games on the board that jump out to me. Uh, one of them sheer value play, depending on when this podcast drops, you might not get it tomorrow at 1230 Columbus crew plus two forty five on the road versus your trash Atlanta United uh, new manager bump. Joseph Martinez is back, but they still only managed to draw against Cincinnati. Uh, I, I I don't love this play, but I haven't. If I was going to go somewhere, I might go with the two forty five or even the draw plus two thirty five on this game. The draw is intriguing only because Atlanta United is on pace to be the greatest draw team of all time. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I don't I hate that. I yeah. I think I might lean towards the draw in this one actually. And then, like you know, even I, you could you could say bad things about both of these teams, or you know, constructive criticism for both. But Columbus is better than Atlanta. But then you factor in like forty five thousand at home for United. That helps. Uh, I do think the new manager bump is helping a little bit. I will say just really quick on that Cincinnati point. Martinez came in in the second half, and Atlanta completely dominated. If there were 10, 15 more minutes in that game, Atlanta would have won. It would have been another classic Cincinnati collapse. Atlanta would have won by two or three goals. Uh, now they didn't, and obviously the results matter more than anything. So we'll see if they can finally get this finishing figured out. Which you know they have one of the greatest finishers in MLS history when he's on, and Joseph Martinez. So uh, I, I think that side of things. I don't know that what we're hearing. Just 
the reporting about the Gabriel Ainsa stuff uh, is bad. You know, the yeah. the no water break, especially now, modern, you know, this is 2021. The no water break stuff just like is not as Gucci as it was, you know. Yeah, that's, that's not right. Ago. It's not a good that's, look. Yeah. Uh, I, and- I, I think this team will be a little more energized. I, I'm also the big caveat, wait for the lineups to come out. If Yosef is in the starting lineup, just just take just take Atlanta. I think he will be. I think he will be, but we'll see. I uh, I'm probably going to bet the draw, and I say this as an Atlanta fan. So uh, we we shall see there. What else you got? San Jose versus the Houston Dynamo. It's the battle of the. It's really the clash of the clash because this is, of course, the team that the earthquakes left to go become versus the new earthquakes that came after them. And San Jose's plus 125, Houston Dynamo plus 220, the draw plus 260. San Jose, heartbreaker versus Sporting Kansas City. Somehow, in the 90th minute, Kansas City gets a penalty kick. It gets VAR'd away, and they still manage to find a heartbreaking equalizer to keep the Quakes from getting three road points. San Jose, though, now going to be without Cade Cowell. Um you're relying on Wando as your main goal scorer, which has, you know, been good for the last 10 or so years. But this team, I don't see where they're finding goals. The defense is suspect, but the good news is the Houston Dynamo offense is also really suspect. I like under two and a half at plus 120 in this game. I think it gets decided by one goal. I don't know who gets it, but I don't see this game going over that two and a half mark. Houston hasn't won in seven on the trot. Uh, I when you mentioned this, I was like, "Where is he going here?" I know, like, does he want something with his quakes? I don't, like, no, I don't take know. The, the, take the under. I don't want to bet on either sensible. of these teams. When you're getting a re, like, so two and a half is the cla- that classic base number that we talk about in soccer totals, and you're getting pl- you said plus value on the under there, right? Yeah, plus one twenty. Yeah, I think that's a good bet. That's a good bet. Uh, I'll trail you on that, even though an MLS under is like one one of my least favorite plays on earth. But, but hey, every so often they cash. It's not like the overs are the only thing we ever get in MLS, as we well know. That's that's where I'm going in this game. It's kind of been a good, a solid start to the MLS unders experience this year, too, right? Like better than usual. I don't have any math on this. This is completely a hunch. So nobody, <laughs> nobody listen to me here unless you want to do your own research. <laughs> Taylor, you got anything else that you want to play this week? That's what I got. I am going heavy in the Gold Cup. Uh, heavy on the Qataris. Who would have thought this would have been the summer of Qatar, but here we are. I mean, it it feels like it's always the summer in Qatar. So (laughs) it just makes sense that they come out here and they're like, Oh, it's nice and cool here. Yeah. They're the only people who could come to Vegas and just be like, ah, 115. Nice and chilly today. (laughs) Throw the jacket on. Yeah. I will say uh, my trip with my trip back to the Jersey shore, uh, everyone else was dying in the humidity and the heat. I thought the humidity would get to me a lot more, but turns out 115 dry heat still makes you immune to 85 and humid. I was fine. Everybody yeah. else was dying. Everyone who everyone who lives in like feet, my parents live in Phoenix, right? They said the same thing, like, oh, it's a dry 120. No problem. It's dry. It's a dry heat. I'm always so suspicious, but I guess there is something to it. I mean, hot's hot no matter what at this yeah. point, but it's finally a sunny day here. It's been cool. It's only been in the 90s the last several days. It's not going to get to 100 today. It's 97. So chilly right now close, in Vegas. Close the swimming pool. Yeah. Um, that's going to do it for us here, though. That's all we got, guys. Best of luck on the weekend. 
Of course, let us know what your plays are. You can find me on Twitter at TV at work, and you can find Taylor at ATLT Will with just one L. And don't forget to go download the Book It Sports app today. It's a great community that they got brewing over there. Love being a part of the network. Taylor, it has been a pleasure as always, my friend. Best of luck to everybody. We will see you guys next week. We know that we've taken a little bit of a slip shot schedule recently. Uh, we've been we've been back and forth, but we are finally back, and we will be coming at you weekly and hopefully a little earlier. We want to try and get you guys a little more time in before the podcast uh, gets gets dated because, of course, this isn't quite as optimal as doing a live show to get you all this information. But hey. We're going to see. We're going to make some big changes, get some big, big names coming on. Very excited for the future of the show. It has been a pleasure, guys. Thank you for sticking with us. Have a good one and best of luck.